At the end of your life, what will be your legacy? What will you leave behind for future generations? For the world, join the world messenger, Isabella Lundberg, each week as she brings you a new distinguished guest from the business, sports, or entertainment world to share their success, their struggles, and their lessons. They will share their insights into current hot topics that affect everyone. Isabella facilitates an intimate, vulnerable environment to find the true value of humanity and real leadership. Are you ready for your legacy? The legacy that matters? Hello, hello, my beautiful friends. It's Isabella Lombikir, the world messenger, and I'm inviting for another epic show of Legacy Leaders. We are having amazing woman that is joining us from Brooklyn, New York, and she is powerhouse. She's an award winner, documentary producer. She is executive producer on so many phenomenal um, shows. And more than anything, she's just an amazing human. And that is the reason why she's on the Legacy Leaders Show. Um, Sola Adenekian uh, is um, also with heritage from Africa directly, like first generation American actually, with Nigerian parents, or actually with Nigerian father, I believe. Is that correct? Yes, my mom is uh, Cuban Jamaican. Oh my goodness, that you, okay, so you're Cuban Jamaican and Nigerian. Wow, that is amazing heritage to have. And that's why you're so beautiful, Solav. Welcome. How are you, sweetheart? Uh, thank you so much. I am doing great. I am just loving our connection. <laughs> that is so fantastic. And again, guys, if you wonder how do we connect, how world is connecting these days, specifically that we're still second year into pandemic with so much craziness going on around us, Clubhouse. You should be checking out what we're doing in Clubhouse and be able to join some of the conversations that we're having. As, as, as the story has it, uh, Sol and I start chatting. She joined some of the uh, platforms uh, or, or conversations I was in and and the rest of it's history, right? When you have alignment, a magic happens, doesn't it, Sola? Yes, it sure does. <laughs> and, um, you know, it's, you just have to be open, right? You just have to trust in your gut and be open and learn to just really walk by faith if, if that, you know, makes any sense. Absolutely does. And right now, what you focus on, what I so much love about you, obviously being a award winner in your documentary productions, but you focus on human rights, something very close to my heart, uh, but also around social justice and some social issues that we're seeing uh, in our own country here in the United States, but also in other parts of the world. Could you please share, how did you get into that, Sola? Well, you know, it's so funny. Uh, wow. Well, I think, you know, being a child of immigrants, naturally, you know, um, naturally, I've gravitated towards social justice issues. Um, it's been in my blood, you know, my parents, they were married by Martin Luther King's chief of staff. I grew up in a church where, wow, uh, yeah, where he, you know, every single Sunday talked about how we as the young folks that we had a duty to carry on their legacy, you know, the legacy of the leaders from the civil rights movement and that we, we had to do better. We had to take care of our community. We had to stand up for what's right, you know, and, you know, growing up in, in that church, it really, I feel helped to define the person who I am now in terms of my interest with, um, 
towards um, human rights issues. Uh, for me, you know, media just seemed like a natural uh, way to express that. And I do have to thank my film partner, <laughs> Mike, for really, for, for really um, teaching me a lot about the industry as we filmed our first documentary on uh, these government whistleblowers. And, you know, that just really, it was almost like a tap had just been turned on. And everywhere I turned, I, I saw, you know, stories of those who are marginalized, who, you know, are voiceless or who there's like this mainstream narrative on what the story is supposed to be versus the human aspect to it. And so it was important to me to be able to use my lens and uh, you know, my storytelling abilities to capture these stories and to um, really give a voice back to the voiceless, you know? And so- oh, yeah. You were touching my heart beyond. You can't even imagine because I just want to interject here for a second. Rehabilitating genocide, torture, war, trauma, human trafficking, rape victim from over 120 countries around the world. When we only have 237 countries total, which is more than half of the world that experienced all of that and being voice for voiceless when there was so much suffering that they couldn't express what was going on or could not come on the stage to share or could not be advocated for because they were just in such a severe pain being that voice for voiceless for so long, it's also amazing honor, but also amazing responsibility. And I'm just so glad you mentioned that and that you use in media to educate and empower and hopefully also to transform, which always happens, doesn't it? Yes, absolutely. You know, um, I think it was for me how it just really hit home with um, the power of media from my personal perspective was, um, gosh, when I started covering, I've been covering uh, these stories on police brutality and meeting the families and connecting with the organizations that have been their advocates and seeing how, um, you know, see when they see the camera, you know, they they have been um, very supportive because they because you know <laughs> there is a mainstream narrative about police brutality and you know and the issues around that. And it feels like I feel like people become destigmatized de to it. They they and desensitized to um, issues and and it's all just, you just see it as numbers. These are just numbers. They're just out there. But and when emotionally detached because they don't really think that are real people. They don't really take it that in. It's so easy just to then glance over to minimize that. Exactly, a hundred percent. And so, you know, I mean, the ability to be able to capture personal stories to show like, you know, these people are fathers, brothers, you know, husbands, uh, you know. Many of our friends, colleagues. Mm -hmm. Exactly, you know, and not just some statistic that you see on the mainstream media, you know, has been very, um, you know, just having that has just, to me, shown me the power that, 
you know, like one one of them in particular, I'm thinking of the widow. Um, and she, um, I love her because she's, we both have been supportive of each other and just, just watching her gain her voice. And that really happened last year, um, being able to bring her in front of, uh, you know, Elizabeth Warren and Ayanna Presley, and to have them commit, not only just commit, but that they followed through and introduced a bill in her husband's name that would make it illegal, like a felony for an officer to deny um, uh, someone in their custody medical assistance or medical aid, you know, something that's common sense. But, um, you know, to, 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 I was so happy for her um, to be able to have used, because I wasn't able to film because of the pandemic, but to have been able to use my connections to get her in front of the appropriate, you know, elected officials. Um, just showed the power of media to me because um, that would not have happened uh, if, if I had not connected with her and we had not built this relationship over the last three years. So anyway, that that was that's a that to me is an example of how people in media, you know, how especially when you're covering uh, news related uh, topics, how you can use your position in media to in a positive way to influence um, policy legislation that helps to solve a, an issue. And so, yeah. That is so powerful. And I have to say again, for someone who has been um, survived the war and during the time of the war, as a young woman was targeted to spread propaganda news. And during time of the war in conflicts where were so many mushrooming radio stations and TV stations and witnessing firsthand and, and experiencing events and then having this huge contrast and polarization, how the same events are, portrayed in such a dramatic different ways. I learned so early on the power of media can go in two sides and it's part of the same coin, just depending which side you're looking at. They can be also extremely, as you said, polarizing and detaching and creating very different uh, narrative that suits and fits a certain agenda versus the narrative that is of a reality and what it is from the human aspects of it. So I'm so glad, again, guys, this is the reason why I wanted this beautiful soul to share why she is so dedicated and how much she's transforming an environment she's in, in New York City and Brooklyn and the different parts of it that also echoes and creates ripple effects. And, and how we have the creativity, the power and empowerment to use it for greater good, for not only for just a social impact, but truly to connect because every story, every thread you create, right? It is peace that is always available, it's forever lasting. And it is one more piece of puzzle, right? That helps us to connect the dots. So do you mind sharing, you've been awarded obviously for some of your remarkable word work. So do you mind sharing a little bit about that? What did you do and what awards you received and what kind of uh, uh, impact that created uh, and on, on, as, as a result of it? Oh, well, you know, it was funny. Um, <laughs> wow. Um, 
I rag, fell into rag, media. Rag, you deserve it. <laughs> <laughs> so young, yet so accomplished. So please. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, <laughs> um, I just literally wrote about my first documentary, um, Whistleblowers, uh, and how we fell into that story. Um, wow. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah. So the Whistleblowers documentary was really my first foray into, into being a documentarian. Um, right before we started filming Whistleblowers, I actually had done political consulting before and I was working on a political campaign in New York here um, that was focused around a particular ballot initiative. And so it turned out that one of the main funders of the, the um, campaign that he was, you know, considering a run for the um, for governor against um, Andrew Cuomo. He was considering primarying him. But what was most fascinating is that he was the son. So his father and Cuomo's father together um, ran together on the gubernatorial ticket in the '70s on the Democratic ticket. So. Both men have known each other basically like most of their lives. And so I thought it was fascin a fascinating, um, potentially a fascinating a political documentary um, because they had a political falling out that was rather, I guess, famous <laughs> in New York. And so I just thought, wow, this this would be so interesting. Um, and um and so I actually had no idea how to make a documentary at that point. And so I, but the year prior, I had met um, this guy at a rally that he'd organized. Um, and uh, I was just kind of thinking, oh, this guy, I remembered him. Uh, it turns out that he was a producer of a political TV show. And, um, and so we, I called him up and I said, look, here's this, I think this could be a documentary. I don't know. I don't know the first thing about doing this. And so he, without hesitation, was like, oh, you're right there in the background. You're, you have access to this. This is awesome. Yes, let's do a documentary. And so that's literally how <laughs> I got my feet wet in media. And so we had just started to film that when one of my friends who, um, one of my friends who we were filming, um, came to me and said, oh, hey, I have this woman who has a story. I think she's a whistleblower. You know what a whistleblower is, right? And I was like, yeah. Um, and so he was like, well, let me connect you guys. She's looking for documentarians to, you know, tell her story. And that's how that story fell into our lap. And then before we knew it, um, that became the story. And the original story that we started to film, um, well, he decided not to run uh, because for personal reasons. And so everything just kind of worked out. And so as we got deeper into the whistleblower community, you know, you meet so many different um, interesting characters, but people who decided who had, you know, uncovered corruption, um, both in public and private entities and who were basically risking their lives um, to out, you know, to, to release this information. And I, 
they just thought, wow, this is just so interesting and fascinating. And so we literally, it was, wow, those eight months that it took us to film this, it was, I swear, <laughs> I feel it was a complete blur. Um, but uh, but you know, which which um, I, I learned a lot. Um, I, that was when I got connected in with the WGA. I took a showrunner class. Um, I learned a lot about media, and you know, and I connected with other women of color um, producers. Um, became become active in that, and so it was really funny because as I was taking this class, um, everyone I was telling everyone like, "Oh my God, I just finished." our documentary and we're gonna have our premiere. Like it was literally, the premiere was like a couple weeks after the class ended and everyone was like, oh, how many years did it take you? And I was like, years? Oh, I <laughs> we did this in eight months. <laughs> and then everyone was like, wait, you did like everything including post in eight months? And I was like, yes, but there were lots of 3 a.m. nights. <laughs> And like, wow. Yeah, it was crazy. I love that energy. <laughs> I love their enthusiasm for everybody again watching and listening to this, guys. If you want to do something you don't know, that is how you do it. Let your passion lead you. Connect with people, talk to people that are already done and been there, done that, and then share the same vision and go at it. And that is how all the magic is happening. And it's so interesting. You immediately went for the one of the hardest things to address uh, in terms of the media and storytelling, which is a very complex and complicated, but you put extra hours and research and conversations. And then with all this collected material, I'm sure was the one of the hardest thing is now what to depict, what to include, what to exclude, how to edit, what's important to create ultimately the masterpiece. And that is where the magic happens. So when you guys did so, such a short period of time, and that is amazing, again, because you had a control of creative, right? You were <laughs> like having your own agenda. And, and and I have to say, babbling into movie and obviously being a executive producer on one so far and working on some other projects, I can see and being behind the scene in production actually on some of the things, I can really see why when you are having less people, how faster, quicker you can get things done. More people you have around you, more complications and things just go sideways very, very quickly, don't they? Yep. Indeed. Yeah, that's why I like to work with small crews. <laughs> you Likewise, know? sweetheart. Otherwise, never anything gets done. And a lot of times people will see obstacle instead of to see opportunities. What can we do to do go to the next step? And how do we navigate this instead of being resourceful? And that just mindset that seems like a lot of times I'm seeing not only because I'm immigrant, but a lot of times I connect with people from different cultures because I was like, I never knew the box existed because like think outside of the box I was like what box are you guys are freaking talking about I never was in the box nor I will ever be and and it's and and I don't think from inside the box perspective so this is also a great example of outside of the box thinking so for our American friends that can connect and relate to that <laughs> but but that is also a very important prerequisite for success isn't it Mm -hmm. Oh, a thousand percent. <laughs> it certainly is. Oh my goodness. Yeah, I, you're right. I wouldn't, I and Mike would not have been able to complete that if we had a huge crew, you know, uh, oh, big shout out to our editor, Mark. <laughs> was, oh my gosh. He uh, went with the punches. <laughs> 
And so, but he's an industry veteran and, you know, um, he too, he was drawn to the project because of the nature of the material. And he has a lot of uh, passion projects that are also, you know, socially conscious too. And so, um, cause he does a lot of mainstream stuff, you know, that's, people are familiar with but but you know it's it was just nice to to have someone of his caliber involved in really helping to guide us in shaping the story and um and just being open you know to our suggestions and I so love this like your enthusiasm is so infectious your personality is like who would say no to and in the same time everybody chip in with different things and that is where again secret sauce for success, I guarantee is, right? Because sometimes we may think we don't have much to bring to the table. Maybe we just, because we don't know the steps or we did not have chance to do that yet, that doesn't mean we can't. And um, I guess the rest of it's history, isn't it, Sola? Because yep. uh, from there, you just get that infectious bug that never goes away. What is the next? What is the next? And what is the next? And now you're juggling many different wonderful projects. And you are producing things even during the time of the COVID and bringing so many things to light. And again, seeing obstacles just as opportunity to overcome and, and then create something more. So do you mind sharing for some of the exciting things uh, that you're doing? Uh, or, or I know you can't share many details, but obviously you're finding always through your curiosity to the lens of, of uh, innocence to create something beautiful. So what, what, what projects entice you right now these days and, and where are you headed? <laughs> um, well, you know, uh, pre-pandemic, I was working on a documentary series around immigration um, that, you know, again, a big shout out to um, the New York Women's Foundation for supporting my work. Um, yeah, they have been amazing. And those of us who don't know who the New York Women's Foundation is, it's led by Anna Oliveira, who um, this foundation is the largest in the country that supports um, women-led initiatives. And um, they've just been amazing with supporting uh just supporting me. So I just want to <laughs> just talk, Yay. just give a plug to kudos, them. Kudos for women supporting women. And that is something we're changing the history right now. We're working more collaboratively and we're making things happen. And I'm just super excited to see where things going to go and unfold before end of the year, because so many things and works, of course, sometimes we can't share them, but what we can do is build these beautiful alliances and support and and let magic happen naturally right yes exactly now that's the beauty of storytelling you know especially when you're open um because the thing is that you never know that's the thing i've learned as i guess i would say i'm a, also a journalist because most of my my content is about um issues that are happening right now um, is that you just never know when, where your next story is going to come from, right? And if you're open to other humans and hearing their stories, you just never know what you might uncover, you know? And that's what I've learned over the last um, couple of years since I've started in this industry. You know, one of my, one of the people who I, you know, look up to a lot, um, and it is surreal to, to say that he's a friend, because you know, I admired his work. So my my 
one of my favorite documentaries, uh, Street Fight, which is about Cory Booker's first run for mayor of Newark before anyone knew who he was. The documentarian, Marshall Curry, he, um, I watched that. That was the first documentary I probably watched like five times in a row because the way he captured um, the story was in the characters of the two adversaries of Corey and Sharp James, the establishment versus the underdog. And yes, the way yes. that he captured that was just like, I just was like, wow, this is storytelling. That was the first time I ever thought this, you know, I was on Netflix and I saw this and I just thought, wow, this is storytelling at its best. And, and uh, I won't, you know, we'll have to, this would be another day. <laughs> I'll share the story of how Marshall came into my life, but it was literally a magical moment. And so Mike and I, my film partner, we ended up leasing um, Marshall's office for our documentary while we were making our documentary. So every, wow. and learning from Marshall that he literally, my story, we, there's a lot of parallels because he didn't have any idea about filmmaking either, but was very curious about like rising political figures. And in particularly, he was looking at like people of color. And so, you know, he, um, so Corey was like literally right in his backyard. And so he decided to, to follow Corey, but his friends had suggested two other men who we know now, um, who he almost filmed. So he almost went to Chicago to film a young organizer whose friends were going to connect him with, you know, Barack Obama. And then he almost, and then he was also considering going to um, Detroit to film, um, Kwame Kilpatrick, who we also know. Wow. Too, wow. And, yeah. and, but then it was like literally economics that <laughs> kept him in New Jersey and Corey. So, and Corey, because no, you know, Corey was like. Yes, really, it was before digital age and internet and all these other resources and everything else. Yes. But actually things cost so much more money and not many supporters really wanted to highlight exactly. certain stories because of their agenda. And now I love what you're doing. You're disrupting and showing and shedding the light and, and zooming into very different landscape that we're having. I have to say, as immigrants, a refugee that came to this country, as someone who helped to resettle over hundreds of thousands of refugees and asylum seekers and people that are being politically prosecuted in their homelands and all kinds of stories or people that um, escape and were hoping that they can stay everything shifted from late 90s, early 2000 in terms of immigration policies and so many aspects of it. But I also remember pivotally how much everything shifted since September 11th and where this took us and who we became as a nation, as a, as a, as a country and everything that comes with that. So I just wanted to say I kudos you for that perseverance and addressing one of the hardest challenging topics in my opinion, because it's so easy to extract the story of somebody's overcoming of adversity or whatever, but tackling politics, tackling immigration, tackling all these things specifically in current time, that takes a lot of guts. So sister, I kudos you. I kudos you for all what you're doing. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you so, so much.
I really appreciate it. it it's never an easy road though, because it's you know. Not. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I, I, I can just imagine because I understand. And right now, more than ever, I love that you bring in the color factor of tapestry of who we have in this country and how everybody's voice is important, that everybody needs to have not only equal rights, but equal opportunity in terms of for their voices to be heard. And, and how I, I, I just I remember as I escaped and came to United States, I felt like, oh, I arrived everything will be so much better because now we are part of all all entities of the world are in here and everybody's just going to be harmoniously integrating and working with each other and that was so far from the truth so far from the truth unfortunately and uh we don't want to necessarily go into some of these topics yet we will be at some other occasion but i just wanted to say that i absolutely see hear, and know and that is the beauty that we have now different platforms so we can um expose and engage and then truly educate and i love that you're coming from this positive way of educating and bringing this to the light so with in closing sola uh, i know you're doing some amazing things and i cannot wait to share more with the audience what we're up to before end of this year and some magic is going to occur uh, but i just want to say where where's the passion and drive coming from obviously i used to immigrant family and being my parents since their own struggle and and navigate getting unknown right and complexity of this country and just in general the world uh, but where else do you find that amazing perseverance and foundation just to keep going and just making it happen no matter what wow well you know when you are a survivor when you've overcome a lot you know for me uh you know, I'm a survivor as, you know, <laughs> I'm a survivor of several different scenarios um, too as well. And so uh, that has always motivated me to be able to speak up for other people because I understand what it feels like when you're like basically screaming for help, but no one is there to listen to you. And so I, I can completely relate with that. And it's, it's um, made me more empathetic towards people of, you know, people who've gone through a lot too, as well. And especially when they feel like they, their voice isn't being heard, that they're screaming, but no one's listening to them. It just like instantly triggers me and reminds me of what that felt like for me too, as well. And um, what I had to do to overcome, you know, to as a survivor. And so, you know, I think that that is what I tap into deeply. Wow, as the survivor from one other, one to another, I, I I totally agree. And when you also learn and know more, it's impossible to go to back to previous state, isn't it? And only you keep going further and further. And for a lot of that, it's threatening, right? Because you all of a sudden you're breaking and going and marching in uncharted territory and 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 shedding some lights on things that a lot of times people just want to hide and deny that they even exist, that even happened. So, and that is the reality of the world that we live in. And we need more of those spotlights and we need more of those stories to be shared in that way. So kudos you for your strength, for your beauty 
and just that infectious smile. Oh my God, guys have to watch the video version so you can see the smile I'm talking about. I just can't <laughs> stop smiling myself. And we, in world of masks and everything else, I have to say, only way I see the smiles is when I'm actually on these Zoom calls and everything else. So I just want to say for this interview, uh, um, again, it's just such a wonderful opportunity when you can also see the face and energy exuded behind the voice and that personality. Uh, so that's so empowering. And in closing, Zola, could you please share, uh, Zola, could you please share uh, just something that you wanted to share to the audience for this episode of Legacy Leader Show, um, where you want to, where we would like to leave them with, uh, where, where, what would you suggest and recommend would be some of the things that they can actualize themselves uh, as, as, as through journey you experience. Uh, in order to really overcome challenges, difficulties, or to survive whatever they are surviving at the moment. What would you recommend? What would you advise? Um, I, I, have to, I have to really uh, ponder on that. You know, um, the one, you know, I, I, I often repeat myself when I say like, you know, be open, but I think being open is probably one of the, <laughs> that's like an open, like a Pandora's box almost, right? <laughs> yes. But when you have experienced trauma and, and when you're with someone who has experienced trauma, um, it's important to be open, to receive whatever energy that is, um, that you, <laughs> that's there. But more so, that's on a micro level. On a macro level, um, being open means that when you see um, atrocities, when you see inequities and, and inequalities, I should say, that you're not afraid to speak out, right? You're not afraid to, um, to talk to your, your friends. Right things. Exactly. To do right things, to be a true leader and not to be complacent. Exactly. That I think is the biggest hurdle that we have to overcome because, yeah. you know, in the age of the digital technology, I feel that, um, I mean, it's, it's both uh, a tool of progress, but it's also a tool of hindrance. And in yeah. the way it hinders us, you know, from being, it really does create a sense of complacency, like you're saying, around issues. And so um, we have to continuously be in touch with our human center so that we're open to, so that we're open, right? We think about the images of the 60s where everyone became involved in the fight for equality in the 70s where women banded together, you know, um, to fight for equality. Uh, there's no reason now why we can't do that together, um, you know, and do that in a peaceful and constructive way. And so um, that's, that's, I guess, what I would, I would have, I would leave with, with folks to really just kind of think about what is my, what is my responsibility as a member of society? And how am I um, contributing to the progress and or the hindrance of society? How am I um, how do I interact with my friends and family? And what am I doing with this, with these relationships? Um, you know, am I also using the, am I also using the, these relationships to, um, 
you know, to educate make, people. To make an impact. Yes. Exactly. Am I using this time on this planet Earth in something meaningful? Or am I just exactly. coasting or just being passive observer? And I love that. So it's so empowering, so important and so beautiful because all of us can make a change, even if it's just a one person at a time. That that doesn't mean it's not valuable. And specifically, we have opportunity through our uh, position and who we are and where we in which circles we're in to even do on something larger scale we are absolutely having the duty to do that so that is fantastic that is very powerful and inspiring way not only to motivate but i'm also to impact and influence so thank you for sharing that Sola, this is just beginning, my beautiful friend, and this is to be continued, but I'm just honored and really super thrilled to share this episode with all of you. So guys, listen again, be very careful in what she just shared. She shared so much beautiful value and this is to be continued. So everyone that is listening, please leave us comments, uh, rate this episode, and we'll look forward engaging with this beautiful human that you can actually find not only on LinkedIn, but also on Instagram, in the clubhouse. I'll be sharing some of the links and you can find some phenomenal work that she did on IMBD page. So again, everyone, Stay awesome and go and impact the world and create something amazing and magical. We're sharing on Legacy Leader Show. Thank you, Sola. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening to Legacy Leader Show. If you enjoyed the content and had a positive experience, then please leave us a positive rating. In addition, leave us positive review whenever you are listening on whatever platform there might be. Make sure your friends and family also know about the benefit and value that we provide and what we have to offer. Cheers.